The following podcast contains strong language and explicit content. And if that offends you, then I suggest you switch this off. This is a Podcast Now production. I think that mm-hmm. it is quite depressing because you're constantly coming across these fucking weirdos that want to like suck your toes and like, I don't know, like <laughs> save your armpit sexual favor or something like that. Welcome to Love Bites, the podcast about all the things you were told you couldn't talk about. Like, Fiona, the fact that Tinder is the highest grossing, <laughs> grossy, grossy, the highest grossing non-gaming app. The net worth of Tinder is $10 billion, motherfucker. $10 billion, what the hell? I have a question for you, yeah. right? If you had... £10,000 to invest. Would you invest in Tinder? Like, do you think Tinder is going from strength to strength? Or do you think Tinder has a shelf life this day and age? I would because Tinder owns Bumble. It owns Hinge. So when we're talking about Tinder in like a net worth sense, like the public shares and whatnot, it's actually not just the app. It is... Mm-hmm. like it is a much bigger thing it's, it's net- a network yeah. the broader so, network yeah, I do agree with that so I, I would you do think you do think it's going to continue so, to grow yeah I do actually I as thought, well um I just wondered actually as you know we're kind of emerging from lockdown and people are going out going out more often but I do think that we've just become like incapable of actually having normal conversations and and meeting in the standard way people have become so heavily reliant on tinder and I want to talk about tinder today briefly because of a story that I heard quickly before we move on can you estimate the percentage of people who lie on their profile? And by lying, I mean like presenting an image that doesn't represent them anymore. Maybe posting something from them five or 10 years ago. Maybe they've gained weight or they've lost hair or like lying in regards to their age, perhaps. 70 cent. My God, a negative <laughs> Nancy over there. 33 33 so I had a chat with a friend this week two friends actually that kind of caused me to really think about this and I don't know I felt a little bit violated on their behalf like violated by proxy so one friend was telling me about her friend who a beautiful looking girl and she had been chatting to a guy for about a week or two but like really intense conversation you know that happens on tinder and you just really connect with somebody and this guy was a very good looking guy with swarthy skin dark eyes kind of had a spanish look about him and you know for us irish girls that's like very intriguing and before they were due to meet he told her listen I've kind of got something to tell you that's actually not me in the picture so she thought okay have you gained weight has something happened you physically and he said no that's physically not me I've basically got I have a job that's kind of high security so I don't know if he's like a police officer on the army or he is in a security role but basically he put up a fake montage of images so he showed her 
how he really looks and he's not even close to looking like that right so he is very pale skinned kind of strawberry blonde hair not terribly large but definitely not like ripped the way this guy was so okay in a weird way I get where he's coming from maybe there are certain jobs in Northern Ireland that are quite high security risk as with our like political situation over here but then surely you'd match the image to you as closely as possible not like polar opposites so naturally my friend was fucking flabbergasted and she I felt violated on her behalf actually like you kind of are developing feelings for somebody which does happen on tinder and then you find out it's a completely different person but apparently this happens quite a lot happens all the time like all the time like I didn't realize Fiona I really I had no idea so I um my it's happened to one of my friends as well like started talking to this guy we weren't 100% sure if he was a catfish or not then they got each other's whatsapp and in the whatsapp photo he was a completely different person but it was very odd because the the person that he was the the real him wasn't even bad looking so you're like why would you do that and when she called him out she he just never replied and it's a bit of a like weird one the thing is what the hardest thing about that is like you feel them but then also at the same time you're just like don't be so don't be so stupid or, or what she could he could have done was right from the start when they matched with like, oh by the way that's not actually me I'm happy to like have a like zoom conversation or facetime with you now quickly so you can see and these are the reasons why but don't wait because that's like deception like a couple of weeks prior to them meeting so the reason that I had dual conversations was because I was telling my friend about another friend who has had something happen to her and this is the third time that it's happened so she has helped me understand because I've never been active on tinder this is the third time a guy has lied about his age so apparently in tinder there's age brackets right so previously she was with a guy that only was out a few years but he did tell her to be fair on the first or second date by the way the age that I said I was in tinder I'm actually three years older by that stage my friend had already done her investigations and she knew that he was um older than he was but at least he kind of came out and said it and she is about to go on a date with somebody soon and he's lied about his age by I'm pretty sure it's four or five years and she actually doesn't seem too stumped by it or annoyed because it seems to be kind of the norm on tinder men men put in a younger age group so they can fall into a younger bracket to attract younger women yeah i am less offended by that you know why because my friend actually was a client of mine she was telling me like when i was working with her on the weekend She's got a friend who's about to turn 50 and she was like, he's such a young 50. Like he's just like this bachelor guy. He doesn't look 50. He doesn't feel 50. He's like such a fun, like good looking like guy. And she said that when he like made a joke about now on dating apps, he's going to fall into a category where women will no longer go for him. Also equally, he has to probably realize that there are some like amazing like older women his more his age category that he might you know Mm -hmm. like but also 
you are probably what if like a 35 year old 35 say 38 year old girl woman um you meet on the street and you fall in love but maybe if you were on tinder or any dating app you'd miss each other if you weren't in the same age bracket and i completely get that and i absolutely agree with you that the age thing is less offensive and you would feel less violated but it's strange that it's happened to my friend three times um because men are always going to get i mean listen this is something that women may do as well but i imagine it's more of a male trait because male not men naturally want to go for younger women but i i i am it just it's something very interesting to bear in mind and it was i fell down a little bit of a hole fiona so according to these stats um in the uk 89 percent of tinder users are male now as a female i hear repeatedly that there's no good men on tinder according to these stats the majority of tinder kind of participants are men but well good men is another story a startling 42 percent of people on tinder are married that makes me feel sick that makes me feel sick and my friend recently who was telling me about her horror stories she keeps telling me about her horror stories i.e such and such is married this guy said that he's just looking for some fun this married couple are on trying to get me to engage in a three-way a guy's on telling me he wants to choke me a guy's on wearing a little black dress and a blonde wig and stockings and actually not that I didn't believe her but I kind of didn't want to believe her I didn't even want my mind to go to that place but according to this survey my friend is buying on the money the thing is that you can it's it's one of these things and maybe it's easy for me to say this and do you know what I would have said it if I was still single and I actually were having this conversation with my friend um she went on a date recently where she hadn't been on a date for a really long time and they got really drunk together and she like went home and slept with him and she's very of the mindset of like I hadn't been on a day in ages. I'm not super bothered what happens after. If it happens, great. If it doesn't, she's a very secure person. But, and I, we were talking about it today and we were like, do you know what the ratio of probably like, and it's the same kind of with Tinder, the ratio is much higher to like the guys that you don't want to be with or have these drunken dates with to the ones that are going to be viable so like I mean I would say it's like 50 to 1 do you know what I mean and also if you're putting yourself in like a Mm -hmm. situation like a dating app like the number is much higher that you're going to encounter these people like I just think that there's I think that when those situations happen you kind of just have to like not let it get you down because and you have to almost like keep going because if you Mm -hmm. it's like if you put out the leads and I've said this before one will stick and like I think that mm-hmm. it is quite depressing because you're constantly coming across these fucking weirdos that want to like suck your toes and like I don't know like <laughs> save your armpit sexual favor or something like that but like yeah. there are going to be the ones out there that aren't going to be like that and I think absolutely and listen I'm not here to put a dampener on it I just kind of did fall oh, down the black hole and thing. I remember going on a date with this guy this, this was when I was like 22 or 23 no it must have been 23 
and um, I was on Happen. Do you remember that app, Happen? Oh my God, do you not remember Happen? Happen was like just after Tinder had launched. So Tinder had launched and then Happen launched where you basically like, it was the app where um, it showed people like within your area. Like, uh, yes, upon yes, them. Okay. Anyway, so date matched with this guy, and like he said that he was 33 and I was 23 at the time. So I was like, 10 years, I was like, mm, it's okay. Um, and then it transpired on the date that he was actually 36. And I was like, but why would you put that you're 33? I, I couldn't, also, I was like quite new to like dating apps and stuff, and I was like, I can't understand, I couldn't understand. And I do, did, I'm not gonna lie, I did feel very deceived by him because I was like, why would you bother doing that and he was like would you have gone out with me if I was 36 and I was like "Mm," I was like probably not I would have thought it was way too old but for me but at the same time why are you going around deceiving women like this yeah because you also need to be equipped with the facts in order to make a call you know that's not really his judgment call to decide whether or not you would be inclined to him at 36 Kira Daly something that she said stuck with me and after the podcast I did with her recently we got a load of messages about it about her analogy of having to speak to 50 different guys and if you knew that you had to weird through 50 different men some may be weirdos some may be deceptive some may be x y and z but if you knew in amongst that sea and that pool of 50 men was your person would you do it? And of course, the answer is yes. Sometimes it may be exhausting. Sometimes it may be frustrating. Sometimes it may be fucking grim, but you'd keep going if you knew that person was in there. So that's what we should be pushing the fact that keep going, you can get there. A few little helpful tips, by the way, according to my research, Fiona Wishart, your chance of getting swiped right decreases on Tinder by 15% if you were a hat. It decreases by 12% if you wear glasses. If you smile on Tinder, your chances of getting swipe right increase by 12%. And if you face forward, your chances of getting swiped right increase by 20. In a massive turn of events for music lovers, if you you include your Spotify playlist, Mm. your chances increase by 84%. Mine would be like... 84 like I would be Venga Boys I would be the Cranberries (laughs) so um I got interviewed by this uh by Christiana Maction who is the Dating in Dubai podcast I um was on her podcast last week season two and she talks about successful Dubai relationships we're talking about Tinder because obviously I met my boyfriend on Tinder and we're talking about like why obviously Tinder is so successful. And I genuinely think it's because other apps like Hinge and like a Bumble, now there's so much to do on it that actually it probably raises the level of deception because like with Hinge, you have to answer all these questions and like you can, you're trying to be funny, you're trying to maybe be someone you're not. And it's kind of a bit like, and it's just, it's, it's a lot to do. So I think that a lot of people get it wrong or like, you know, aren't super witty and don't know how to answer a question. And that could be the, to the detriment of not being able to, you know, someone might, I, you know, I could, I could have swiped no on a few guys that had like weird things on their questions, but maybe they just didn't know how to answer them or like, you know, weren't like schooled in that sense, yeah. but were really great guys. Whereas with Tinder, it very much is what you see is what you get. It's a photo, you swipe mm-hmm. yes or no, and that's just Bob's your uncle. And I think that like, I have, I'm now like cheerleader of Tinder because I feel like it got 
pushed to the wayside quite a lot but all I hear is successful stories from Tinder and not from the other apps yeah absolutely and look look at the recent episode that we did about like that tinder shame like the tinder taboo and actually after we had that conversation we had so many messages and actually no we did the instagram poll about successful tinder relationships and there are so bloody many of them so actually i would love to hear from our listeners have you ever been catfished like really fucking catfished like showing up and it's just not the same person whether they expressly lied to you or deceived you or they just changed I mean people change a lot you know like fuck knows look at lockdown I gained like two stone and I think here's the thing I've got this friend I've told you about I've referenced her a couple of occasions and I've referenced her in this podcast too today she has gained quite a lot of weight over recent years and I'm not talking like a stone half a stone I'm talking maybe three stone and hey no shade or no judgment I also gained at least a couple of stone in lockdown but she refuses to update her photos to reflect how she currently looks so I've told her you're a beautiful girl as you are plenty of guys will be attracted to you with you know a curvier figure and I just want to showcase you in your best possible light because I am so worried for her when she tells me she's meeting somebody sorry when she tells me she's chatting to somebody all I can do is think in the back of my head is this is all going to go to shit whenever she meets the person and that person will understandably feel quite deceived for sure I think she's probably also like I know we've spoken about this before I think she's probably also worried because if she was slimmer and that's when she felt more confident I think she's worried about the type of man that she'll attract if she puts up and it won't be the taste that like obviously I got this is gonna sound awful but you know when she may have had she may have like a specific taste or type and she's probably worried that if she uploads her like self now she's probably worried on some level that she's going to attract a like in her mind quote unquote lesser caliber of man and that and she won't be I know and I I get I get all of that and I'm really trying you kind of just have to accept who you are like it it is just one of those things like you just got like you just got to accept it because otherwise you're just going to set yourself up for failure because it's not it's not about the weight it's about the deceit and that's the god that's the point because I know there's a lot of guys who would look at her and prefer her looking the way she does now because she's so voluptuous and like still absolutely stunning but I, I just think it raised a it raised a point that I previously hadn't considered about the kind of the lying aspect of the lying aspect of tinder yet there's so many brilliant successful stories but we do want to hear the funny ones have you been a catfish like of any of our listeners like told little white lies on tinder have you told any little white lies on tinder fiona i mean i probably have like back in the day i'm sure Mm. i'm sure i would have done do you know when i joined tinder that time in lockdown i i didn't lie i have to be honest because well i didn't link my instagram but as you know i've got like a really active instagram account so basically all you'd have to do is you know put my name into Instagram and I come up and you could pretty much see everything so I I purposely didn't tell any lies but even when I was writing my age and I'm pretty sure then I was like 35 or 36 
I kind of felt felt moment momentarily inclined to maybe reduce that by a couple of years. I don't know why. Because I would always be inclined to kind of want to date somebody my age or older, but I just felt like fucking hell, 36 on this goddamn app. What the hell has my <laughs> life been reduced to? At least a 26. Not, like, that's the thing. The I'm Tinder not going to lie. Like, as the years have gone by and I've got Tinder and like my most recent Tinder escapades is obviously when I met my boyfriend when I was th- me being 31. When I did type in 31, I did think, oh, 31 on Tinder. Like, fuck, I'm so old. Like, am I too old to be doing this? It's like, I actually remembering it now flooding back to me. It gave me a little bit of like embarrassment that like I was 31 and like, as, mm-hmm. and I did think I was like, oh my God, as the years creep on and like, am I going to be like still on this fucking app? So maybe then Fiona, we shouldn't give the guys too hard a time. No, I mean, not knock a few years off their age. I mean, the, what you will say the other Anyways. thing is like whether you do it or not, that people are going to find out. So, yeah, like, there's literally like, like honestly, there's no point out. in doing it because it's like it's like me saying I don't know, it's like me saying, oh yeah, I've, I've got, I'm I'm a blonde or something. They're obviously going to find out that that is not the case. I don't know. It's just like it's so weird, isn't it? Um, Besides from that, Fiona, how's your week been? How are you? My been? week's been good. I mean, I'm very busy weekend rather we're just we're, we're, on, we're on monday yeah so. everything is very good um all on track to move in with the boyfriend which is very exciting Amazing. Uh, exciting. Yeah, exciting i should do spend a lot of time wondering what we're going to eat for dinner which i find very funny um are you going to have a spare room course, for me yeah we're going to have a spare room i'm in the mode of like he keeps calling me lawrence llewellyn bellin or whatever his name is because i keep trying to oh my god yeah, he was one of my first childhood crushes, him and Charles Engels from Little House oh, in the Prairie. Yeah, that's a good one. Well, he keeps wanting me that because I keep like interior designing the house. But yeah, I mean, literally, do you know what's so funny? Because when people are like, oh, like, how's it going with you and your boyfriend? And I'm just like, yeah, I'm like, I don't really have anything to say, which is a really good thing, obviously. But like, it's because I'm so used to having mm-hmm. you. Because you're in that comfort phase of just, yeah, it's just like it's just being comfortable, peaceful. It's just like a, yeah, it's a straight killed. line now um which is which is really great I guess my advice when doing up your home in Dubai is obviously invest in your bigger pieces and go and like go to nice marina home and the one but honestly the likes of Yusk J-Y-S-K like that shop Yusk is like basically a Ikea it's kind of a, a smaller version of Ikea, but you don't have to go in and walk 12 miles around the shop. There's one on Imsa King Street. There's actually heaps of locations, but the stuff is such nice quality. And once you have it in your home, it looks really expensive. I basically decorated my entire apartment well, out of Yusk. It's very scandy, very minimalist, but such good bargains well, as well. I've got, this, um, I've got this guy basically like making all our furniture bespoke. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's that's all. How are you? I'm good I had a weekend of like real wholesome activity and I went out for dinner with a couple of girlfriends on Friday night and I had like one or two drinks max and I didn't drink for the rest of the weekend and Fiona I just feel so much better for it like 
I was start I'm starting to suffer from really really bad hangovers but those hangovers that go on for like two to three days and I reckon it's very rarely about the hangover it's about the exhaustion that you feel because you don't sleep well you're going to bed late you're waking up two and three times in the night you're waking up the next day really early you're not sleeping well and my I feel like my life just spirals when I'm like when I'm hungover don't get me wrong I really really thoroughly enjoy the like the drinking and the kind of having fun with friends like I'm actually a really good drunk like I'm never anything but Laura but a bit like sillier and more hyper and stuff but it's the hangover Fiona I now understand why people stop drinking I now fully understand why people with children just abstain from alcohol because to deal with a hangover and then to try to keep a fucking human alive and they're like mom I need this mom I need a fucking snack mom take me to the shops like it's too much like I feel such guilt with a hangover and I can barely move when I like haven't taken my dog for a sufficient walk never mind having to entertain a child so yeah I had a very very sober weekend and just oh, feel better off so much better for it and I know that's music to your ears because you've always been I like always this you've always fully endorsed the but you know like, though I had this theory about hangovers so I think that the water we drink and even at home from the tap is not sufficient with minerals to hydrate us properly so I so before I go out now and like the times I've done it I've gone and bought myself expensive Fiji water. Here is a bottle I Mm -hmm. purchased earlier. And we went out on Saturday night. And I don't think I was, I wasn't so smashed, but I was like definitely drunk enough to have had a hangover. And I drank this Fiji water (laughs) before I went to bed. And I woke up and I didn't have a bad hangover at all. I would say actually I escaped it. And like every time I've done that, I've drunk Fiji instead of like regular water. I have felt like so much better and I don't know what it is and I'm going to try it again this weekend and see if my theory is correct because like me and my friend from uni always used to have this joke that Fiji water could like literally cure anything and like I genuinely think it's because it has like oh my god how fucking bougie are you drinking Fiji water at university I was like straight I mean I did used to drink I mean it was like (laughs) I according to the modern day in Carter encyclopedia of TikTok um like what do you call it like rehydrating salts so like di- di- yeah, yeah. diorolite you know the, the kind of the salts you take when you've got diarrhea to, to replenish the moisture in your body because so much of the hangover is actually dehydration this girl recommends three diorolite so one is you're getting ready to go out one right before bed and the one right before bed is the really important one so when you get home you have your 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 sachet and then when you wake up in the morning and she said for the last three years she has not had a hangover by remembering the trifecta so I think we should try that and by the way I'm not for a moment saying that I'm going to like abstain from alcohol but I just really needed a break Fiona and I really needed to not feel anxious I, I needed to not add to my anxiety yeah. by drinking. So do we have a letter today? We do have a letter and we received this letter a couple of weeks ago. Sorry that we're just getting around to reading it. Hi, Lauren Fee. Love the podcast. Thank you so much for being so open and honest. You have helped so many people. 
I'm I'm struggling a bit and wondered if you had any advice. I feel a real disconnect from my partner. We're getting married next April and I love the bones of him, but recently I feel a real disconnect. He works away in the week, so he's only home on the weekends. On the weekends, we have to see family and friends. He goes cycling, goes to the pub, and we just don't get any quality time. So I am feeling really disconnected. I get frustrated with all the responsibilities of running the house. It'll be clean on a Friday, then he'll leave on a Monday, and there's so much to clean and tidy again. Whenever I bring it up, things get better for a little bit, but then they slip back into the old ways. He'll always try and diffuse any situation with a quick fix, but I don't always feel heard as things don't change long term. I don't know what I can do differently other than bring these things and issues up again. I feel like I'm always the one bringing things up and worry that he'll eventually just get enough. I feel bad that it's all it always seems to be me picking up on things. We might be a bit out of sync at the moment with priorities and I just feel like I'm not his priority. I always initiate intimacy and if we didn't, we could probably go a long time without being intimate. Sorry for the long message. You message away, my darling. So I think there's a quite a lot to unpack there. Yeah, so I, re- I resonate a lot with that, actually. In what way? I always feel I'm the one that picks up things and I don't feel like my boyfriend picks at anything and I feel like I'm always the one and I I feel bad because I'm like maybe it's maybe I'm I don't know being over picky and I just need to like pick my battles a little bit I have started now I live with him to pick my battles on things that I like nag about um but I sometimes feel like I initiate sex a lot more but I feel like that's just because I'm a horny bastard so initiate things on a on a kind of an intimate level yeah or are you talking about picking at things in like a naggy way I think both like I definitely nag a lot more than he nags he barely nags me and I definitely am annoying as well like I I can be super annoying but I don't think he would ever nag me about it and I don't know whether that's just because he doesn't notice as much Mm-hmm. And maybe I'm just more observant about things and I, and he's not so much. And he's quite like a chilled person in that regard about like nagging. He would never nag me about something. Mm-hmm. But I, I really don't want to fall into the negative stereotype that like society has created about hand-pecked partners, hand-pecked men and, and nagging wives. But I do think the reality is women tend to feel a lot more emotional about things. Mm. I think especially at home, we like things to be a certain way. Men, again, we're generalizing here and I'm quite conscious of doing that. But I mean, we can only speak from our own experiences. But I think a lot of the time men just don't really give a fuck. Uh, And not only do they not give a fuck, they just don't see it the same way that we do. And I actually checked with checked in with Lisa so everyone knows Lisa McFarland is relationship coaching NI and I kind of forwarded forwarded her on this letter and she feels that what's screaming out at her is that they aren't filling their own relationship cup so they're doing a lot of things she's cleaning the house 
She is making sure that he's looked after in that, that respect. They're going to see family. They're going to see friends. Uh, he's going to the cycling. He's going to do a cycling. He's maybe going to the pub. She's probably doing her thing all the while, feeling slowly and slowly and slowly more resentful the fact that he's not doing what he needs to do around the house. And he's she's not maybe seeing enough of him. So they really need to start by filling their own relationship cup. So it seems that he works away through the week. I don't know where this girl is from. I don't know where he works, but two days together is a, you know, you and I feel that our weekend is short, too short. But if you're trying to pack a whole relationship into a weekend, you have to get strategic at planning your filling of one's relationship cup. Like this couple need to sit down and plan out their month or their quarter the same way we would do in business or with clients and identify a day or an evening or a morning and say this is just for us we are not going to be planning to go to the pub to see friends and family this is all about you and I so they really really have to prioritize that and I can speak from experience because I did long distance for two years and when I say that I did long distance badly I am the fucking poster girl for how to unsuccessfully navigate a long distance relationship so we were just very much took it as a come like we basically went ad hoc with everything and we didn't plan any time for ourselves and I was very guilty of this by the way not my ex I wanted to do things with other people all the time because I am a wee social butterfly and he was not so I constantly forced him to go into social situations with people and don't get me wrong like he always enjoyed it but I never prioritized any time for him and I into the mix he always would have you know lived in Saudi so when he came back to Dubai he was like obsessed with having a drink which I can understand because Saudi is completely dry and of course alcohol is never really a good contributor to a weekend well spent if I can if I can recommend her anything it's learned from my mistakes and it's actually prioritizing your relationship sitting down it's not sexy but sitting down with your calendar over a glass of wine sitting down syncing up diaries and being like right we've got three months ahead we're going to plan in a weekend away we're going to plan in a night we're going to sit in together that night and make dinner and have a bottle of wine they need to fill their relationship cup I think also it's very easy when you live with someone having now experienced it a bit more is that the quality time you spend together at home is different from the planned quality time that you spend doing the filling of the cup because I know that we can spend five nights to seven nights of the week together and spend a lot of time together but that how much time that is in the week of like us actually not doing a lot which is like we I'm working we're working during the day and we are having dinner together and watching something and going to bed that's not actually spending a lot of like quality time we no, are doing it's not something. it's not at all because like, like this weekend like I know that we need to go and we're gonna go and 
go to this guy's warehouse to like sort out the stuff for the house and even doing something like that where it's like mm-hmm. okay you're going to spend some time together out of the house so you're not mm-hmm. just like housemates sitting there watching tv every night exactly you're going to do something together where you can go grab some lunch or like not or come home or make lunch at home there's it's like something that's out of the like routine I think yeah and when someone is away I actually think this girl lives in Dubai but I'm not 100% sure okay when that person comes back they're tired and I understand that they probably just want to also chill but there are I think maybe in that sense be creative about what can you can do Mm -hmm. so I'm going to tire that person out and also I don't think it needs to be the entire weekend it can be like right on Friday night when you get back um chill have your time Saturday morning we're going to go out for breakfast um and then you can come back and you can do whatever you want and then we've like we've done that and like I um actually when I was recording this podcast we were talking about how unfortunately and very unromantically relationships are a little bit like a business <laughs> and like mm-hmm. you said we have to strategize and we have to plan and like you know mm-hmm. especially with things like finances yeah sure like that's one thing in itself but also like spending time together you do have to have a bit of a strategy plan like I think I've noticed this so much when you live with someone you have to have a strategy plan about when you're going to have sex mm-hmm. like I literally oh, was like, absolutely again, uh, okay. isn't that what Lisa has said the whole time yeah like and I think it's very important and if we're honest which I really try to be as much as I can quality time is has to be carved out Mm. because sitting on the sofa watching Netflix on your phone reading a book whilst it's nice whilst it's comforting whilst it's a beautiful way to spend your evening it's not really quality time Mm. and I feel that getting up and out of the house, even if it's going for a coffee and a walk, it doesn't have to be fancy smancy. It doesn't have to be five star. It's as simple as washing your face, going for a walk, going for a coffee, going to Ikea and just getting up and out of your normal comfort zone. That's where the kind of the the passion lives when you see your person doing something that you don't usually see them doing. So last week, for example, I mean, we had a really lovely spell of weather in in Northern Ireland, which we haven't had all summer. The UK had a lot, but we didn't. So I was like fully buzzing off life. And there was this one day that I knew my boyfriend had off and we have not spent, spent a day together in months, Fiona, like with his work, it's over the summer, so mental. So we had a day out together and as you know, my boyfriend wouldn't be hugely into like hikes and walk in nature and stuff the same way that I would be. But I said, right, this is what we're doing. And I kind of just had the day planned. We're going to wake up at this time and we're going to leave the house and we're going to go and get a coffee on the way up to Newcastle, which is like a seaside town with us. And on the way, we're going to stop at the Squid Shack and we're going to get a lovely lunch and then we're going to take the dog and we're going to walk around Tullymore for a couple of hours and I could see him like oh fuck here she goes you know he just wants to be left alone he's had a really fucking shit tough few months at work and he just wants to like be left to his own devices but I persisted and at the end of the day he was like I had such a good day I really, really enjoyed that. And I dare say that he was also buzzing off life because he saw that it made me happy. Mm. So I think that was a really good reminder of both of us, to both of us, that you do have to make a little bit of an effort to fill your own relationship cup. Another really important point that Lisa made that I feel could really benefit this listener I think it could really benefit all of us especially you Fiona because you use language when you're referring to nagging about being annoying 
And again, I feel like that feeds into that whole societal societal stereotype that like women are just like constant incessant naggers. The reality is women quote unquote nag when they do not feel seen, they do not feel heard and they do not feel celebrated or appreciated in their relationship. And Lisa used the analogy of picking at a spot. So this listener mentions that it happens on a constant reoccurring basis she's kind of always asking the same thing and then it's done and then the guy reverts back to old ways it's like picking a spot when you just keep on picking at the surface you keep pick 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 picking it doesn't really address the issue and chances are this couple really need to have a conversation this girl needs to have a conversation with her partner how she fundamentally feels unseen unheard and uncelebrated and unappreciated in their relationship they need to sit down and really deep dive into what's going on and as we all know the nagging is the tip of the iceberg there's so much that's going on beneath the surface and we are taught Fiona fucking trigonometry in school and photosynthesis and the fact that fucking Battle of Hastings took place in 1066 when have you ever had to know that since yet are we taught anything about relationships are we taught anything (coughs) about how to manage relationships that contribute so much to our life and the happiness that we feel or don't feel as the case may be I why does this girl not go and speak to your relationship coach there's if she lives in Dubai there's plenty of them because I went to one of them and she was great and Helen at Mindfulness Middle East very very helpful there are so many online coaches out there and there are so many relationship resources for sure this couple need to establish their love languages because it seems to me Fiona I don't know if you agree they've got two very different love languages and they both need to understand what theirs is and then make a plan to speak to the other in their love language, like their person's love mm. language as opposed to theirs. It is so important. And I also think that the nagging of the things, like one, you do have to sometimes pick your battles with things. And that's what I've learned. Like, for example, we know it's a universal thing that men like to just leave clothes on the floor. And I actually was having a chat with one of We went out with um, some of his friends on the weekend and I was talking to one of the girls and she said that she's lived with her boyfriend for six years and he still does it, even though she said it a thousand times. But she was like, I've just stopped saying it. And now I've just stopped saying it. And I'm so much happier because... I think that it will just keep happening. And it's like, you gotta, and I think that also sometimes when we're nagging about something that isn't then being done, we then feel it's not important. What we're saying isn't important to them. Therefore Mm -hmm. we don't feel important to them. And I think that then it's the cycle of feeling unheard and seen and celebrated because you feel like what you're asking for and your needs are not important to them. And it's Mm -hmm. hard because it's like, actually that might not be the case. I actually think that what they are just, I think men just don't give a fuck as much as we do but what she needs to do is say I actually when you do this it makes me feel like what I'm saying is not important to you and I'm sure he'd mm-hmm. be like okay I understand noted and the love language thing is so important and it's so funny because now like this is the most amount of time I've spent like for a long period of time with my boyfriend because we obviously didn't live together I've mm-hmm. now noticed his love language is I've noticed what they are so much more 
because mine is physical touch and um words of affirmation and his is quality time and words of affirmation so I'm like constantly kissing and hugging him but I've noticed that he doesn't do it as much to me but Mm -hmm. he loves it when I work from home Mm -hmm. loves it when I work from home because then we're together we're not really like doing I'm working he's doing he's working but like we're spending I'm in the same house as him also he's a Taurus and Tauruses like to be around people all the time and I need to have like my space but I now I've noticed that so much more we're but we're but more we're a lot more harmonious because I don't feel like I need him to kiss and cuddle me all the time because I know that me me being home working from home makes him happy I noticed Mm -hmm. that today I said I'm gonna work from home today he was like oh yay and I was like okay that's really weird like you know like it's not that's how he that's what his love language is to him so very interesting it's so interesting and it's also like you've got to know because you need also if you you don't even need to do that fucking stupid test because I don't think that my love language every time I've done it it's come out something different but like you can if you really know your partner you know what it is and you can probably work it out neither Mm -hmm. of us is gifts or access I guess he's actually I think sometimes he can display a lot of acts of service like he's right now cooking dinner mm-hmm. um and he's done that like four nights in a row and I've been like wow that's this is great but like I um it's what it's it's very it's really interesting and like I think that it's it's hard isn't it because you could know someone so well but when you but you know someone so well but if you've not really thought deeply about these things how can you know because we're not taught it exactly and I feel that as adults we are in a position to make much better judgment calls and to educate ourselves and in a way that I don't feel resentful or angry the fact that we weren't taught this in school I just feel like people did the best they could and like it wasn't even a thing back then but now we are better informed and we need to make better calls also we need to make better calls for ourselves really and our our relationships and before we move on I think also Laura I think that a lot of people with relationship coaching and relationship therapy go to it when something is wrong when actually the coaching needs to probably start before anyone enters into anything because amen fucking amen prevention is better than cure it's like botox you know get it in you before the wrinkles start because (laughs) if you're better if you're best equipped to get into a relationship like I was saying this on this podcast um the other day that I was um oh he's just messaged me dinner in five oops um we were saying that um because me and my boyfriend, we had a kind of time period where we were seeing each other and then we ended and then we got back into a relationship. That period of the month apart, I learned so much more about myself and I was better equipped to be in the relationship again because I equipped myself to be in the relationship. So I think mm-hmm. that equipping yourself for the, to the best of your ability is probably probably the way to go. Anyway, thank you so much. And sorry, 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 before we move on, because I'm aware that when I recommend therapy, it's presumptuous because I have the means to pay for therapy. And even though I don't have children and dependents, I still struggle with the price. I know that in Dubai there it's expensive. Let's call a spade a spade. In the, in the UK, it's possible to get free therapy, but it's on the NHS can take months. And there are charities out there. I highly recommend the Facebook group 
that Lisa runs, so Lisa McFarland, yeah, Relationship Coaching NI, she has a Facebook group. I think it's £15 a month, so affordable. And she puts so much content in there that I feel it's like having your own personal relationship coach and therapist. There's so much food for thought. So, and you can obviously join that Facebook group through, you know, throughout the world. Lisa's a very, very accessible, approachable, easy, lovely, warm, unpretentious person to speak to. So drop her a message if you do want to book a coaching session, because you can do that remotely and join our Facebook group for 15 pounds a month. It's absolutely amazing. So that's that. Now on to our fave segment. El Couture recommends. A huge shout out to our amazing sponsor, El Couture, the female founded, female run, a pleasure brand who create the most beautiful pieces, especially the SoCal Sorby collection that comes in a variety of colors. Just to let you know that they have announced a new pop-up in Mall of the Emirates. We're gonna keep you updated with the dates. If you live in Dubai, you can avail of the four hour delivery or take a visit to the most beautiful store located on Alwasal. If you're living outside of Dubai, then delivery will take a few days and they cover all taxes and shipping charges if you're over, your order is over $100. Please do use our exclusive code. That's lovebites20 and that's going to get you 20% discount. And we love to see how you are your Elkature. So please do tag us both on social media. Right. Tell me, Laura. What have you been up to in the world of TV, radio, books, whatever it might be? Well, I've like fallen into this true crime, like weird abyss, but I'm not going to talk about it because I'm cognizant of the fact that all I've done over the last no, few weeks. No, I feel like I've got a true crime as well. I hope no, but that's okay. Much. But you, you're, you're new to it. Like I've become entrenched in true crime. I'm known as like a macabre little madam so for that reason you keep it I'm going to tell you about one of the meatiest most amazing page turners I have ever read in my life right and I do like to talk about novels from time to time especially because it's summertime and I feel that people are going on holidays and they're lying by pools and they need page turners and this book is a motherfucking page turner. Somebody recommended this to me 10 years ago and I devoured it. It is called Pillars of the Earth. Have you heard of oh it? Oh my by God. I know exactly what it is. Yeah. My oh. mum loves that book. Fiona, it is so good. There's actually a trilogy Pillars of the Earth, World Without End, and then the third one I actually haven't got around to I'm reading yet. Sure there's I'm, a gonna... I'm pretty sure it's a series and it's got Eddie Redmayne in it. I'm, I'm sure there's a... a... Yes. Yeah. Fiona, you're 100% right. But at the time when I was reading this book, I was aware of the series. But at that time in Dubai, there was no such thing as like dodgy boxes or like a, a microchipped you know, USB to put into your TV to give you the dodgy channels. So actually I might watch the series, but let me give you a synopsis of what it is. It's a thousand page book. So it's a little bit of a doorstop, but it depicts the building of a cathedral That's a it. thousand years ago in England. Now that might sound 
really fucking dry and doer. But I cannot tell you how amazing this book is. So if you go to, and this is something I'd actually like to recommend for everybody. If we are recommending books to you and you like the sound of it, why not go to a hugely, hugely beneficial website called goodreads.com. So if I'm considering buying a book, I quite often quite often go to Goodreads and I kind of get a synopsis of it. And I, to be honest, I go straight to the reviews. This is so highly reviewed. And one of the opening uh, reviews of this book, this guy, I suppose like, um, I suppose that Goodreads, the member reviews are kind of like Tinder. So you're kind of ranked if you give like really good reviews. And a quick synopsis of what he said. Did I read one of the most amazing books I have ever read? Yes, I did. I cannot say enough about this book. The story, the writing, the characters, everything is perfect. If someone had have said to me, here is a thousand page book about the building of a cathedral a thousand years ago in England, I would have probably fallen asleep before the end of their sentence. But do not judge a book by its description. It is a thousand pages about a book of building a cathedral, but Follett does an amazing job of crafting a historical fiction story around it that will keep you engaged from one page until the very end and oh my god Fiona the best Ken Follett isn't it Pillars of the Earth by Ken Follett double L double T it is a trilogy the second book is called World Without End that is equally as phenomenal and then the third one I haven't read but let's start you on one and two first because at a thousand pages let's just like take it easy you got it time well um my recommendation is a true crime it is a documentary on netflix called i just killed my dad um <gasps> watched it yesterday it is so good quick synopsis um it's basically about this teenager in america that shoots his dad he calls the services and says i just killed my dad mm-hmm. and essentially it's his story about how he killed his dad in cold blood but the backstory as to why is a twist and turn like story and it is so good like it's only two episodes and like the guy who killed his dad is like the documentary shows him and like now so you know that he obviously like gets off the charge but you it's the how and the kind of how he gets off basically and it is really good it's a good like short crime documentary really recommend it um so yeah definitely if you're into that please do have a watch um and then elk chaw thank you so much for this recommendation i literally cannot wait to read this i am desperate to buy this it is a new book by pandora sykes called what writers read and it is a collection of essays that's raising money for the national literary trust and it's basically curated by pandora sykes who is a um incredible journalist and it's Mm -hmm. basically a collection of authors like david nichols um elif shafak um, Marianne Keynes, um, Dolly Alderton, and they basically all talk about, and it's like an essay about why um, why reading is so important to us, like mm-hmm. why it's important to like read to your children. And it's apparently it's like an incredible contribution of like all these incredible writers coming together to basically talk about their love of reading and like why and like it's a privilege to be able to to read and like get nourished by books so really excited to read that because every single one of the authors i'm like obsessed with um sounds amazing 
So thank you so much. Um, thank you so much. My tummy is rumbling and I can smell a delicious dinner being cooked. So I'm going to oh, go. What's he making you? I think some kind of, ro- I, I bought some salmon. So I think he's cooking salmon with roasted veg and it smells really good. <gasps> Do you know what I'm having for my dinner tonight? I just feel so below par. I'm going to get baked potatoes, not from fresh oh. by the way, but like you can get frozen baked potatoes oh in Ireland God. and the UK. I'm not sure if you can get those in Dubai, but like McCain frozen baked potatoes. So you put them in the microwave for seven minutes and then the air fryer for a couple of minutes to crisp them up. And I'm just going to throw some beans in there and lace oh, it with cheese. Potato. It is an elite dinner. So I am with you there. Anyway, dear listener and or Runa, Runa? <laughs> Runa, Runa. <laughs> See you later. See you later.